0: hello and well no no let me try again i'm gonna be british now oh god hello and welcome to what the fuck's up podcast oh my god wait so my <laughs> friend niklas to start out um hi i'm caitlin i mean w-
1: that was a roller coaster that was so chaotic <laughs> wait,
0: wait, wait. Say, I'm nina. say i'm nina i'm nina she's nina okay wait i have to tell you this i'm so today. concerned
1: this yeah, is why we don't record in the mornings
0: well also I'm fully on a different time zone cuz I'm British now. But um bad, bad So my friend Niklas, shout out Niklas. He's so funny. I was like talking to him about uh thinking about moving to London, which we'll we'll uh, discuss in a second, but he was like He's like, you could do the podcast there. I was like, indeed, that is something that I was is aware possible. of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you should call it What the Fucking Bloody Hell is Up. <laughs> I like he's like, that. it has a ring to it.
1: Yeah, a little. that's a little something-something. There could be a good acronym in there.
0: Or he's like, What the Bloody Hell is Up, I think. I don't know. It was funny. I like that. Um, so when we're recording in London, when Nina comes to visit, that'll be the uh, temp name.
1: The temp name. I like it, yeah. yeah. It'll be like Seasons.
0: Seasons of
1: love. La, la. <laughs> People are gonna be like, "Then this is why they don't sing anymore." But yeah, like
0: literally turning it off right now.
1: Yep. Cheers.
0: Whoops. Um. So, guys, today for some background, uh, I don't know if y'all are aware, but if you're listening to this episode, you should be, um, because it's an astrology episode. But, um, Mercury is going into retrograde and in like. I think tomorrow actually Either tomorrow or Friday Seems like the ninth or something um, Yeah Maybe. so Friday Friday it's going into retrograde But speaking to Alice Who's today's repeat guest um, If you have heard the episode before It's the same episode But like I personally <laughs> Between editing and you know Recommending episodes, do be listening back to them, and yep. sometimes it hits different the second time. If I you want to re-listen, but um,
1: or if you joined if just for this year, season, yeah. yeah, go and uh go, go check this listen. out. We're just bringing it, bringing it to your attention, really.
0: Yeah, but um, so basically, the few days before Mercury is in retrograde, Alice has told me this when I've gone to her personally, being like, "Help!" Um, it like builds up to it, and there's some kind of other thing that goes on, but Basically, it kind of feels like it the few days before, and Nina and I have been perfect examples of this, <laughs> because basically, we had a big episode that was supposed to release today. Um, I was traveling and then was trying to make money back by babysitting over the long weekend. As we do. So I actually pretty uncharacteristically, I would say, was going to start editing this episode yesterday, because it was like a good episode, and it wouldn't have taken that long to edit. Yeah. And realized that, for people who don't know, Mercury in retrograde is, like, known for fucking with technology. So, basically, um, we recorded this one virtually because one of the people we record with is in Los Angeles. And, uh, yep, their recording did not work. Luckily, knock on wood, we did record backups, but since it was so last minute, we just thought... You know, this was very on, you know, brand and on theme to release this astrology episode instead and push it to next week. So get ready for that. But um, I did have some pointers from Alice, if anyone else is feeling the mercury in retrograde. Yes. So I'm going to go pull those up. Give us the things. Give us the (laughs) things. Am I okay? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So she said, for Mercury in retrograde, I would advise the listeners to use this time to revise, revisit, and reconnect. Do not freak out. (laughs) Saying this to myself, too. Yep. But go back to things or people that you left off. Um, Also figure out how to communicate. I felt like this was pointed, but it's fine. Love you, Alice. (laughs) She goes, also figure out... How to communicate more effectively with people instead of just saying things impulsively. Cheers. 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 Um, But yeah, I'm excited. We're getting coffee on Friday and going to do a little reading and catch up. So Alice is the shit. If you don't already follow her at Stalking Alice, Um, she is like... She's so cool. She writes for Vogue. Um, she does like so cool. their astrology stuff. Um, does their like, you know, weekly, monthly write ups. And yeah, she's just an overall badass. But um and she predicted when she was gonna fall in love, which she talks about in this episode and they're still together just That's wild. I know it's so crazy. Damn. Nina, how have you been?
1: You know, I've been great. I've been here in New York. Um chillin i've been falling in love with every player at the u.s open
0: oh my god i thought you were gonna be like every man i've met and i was like uh can you please elaborate no
1: i have not met a lot of men unless there's like some you that i'm went not to thinking the US of. Open. yes i did I'm So,
0: jo- i really want to go and no one would go with me 10 out of 10 this man's i'm um, like i seeing but we were going to go on Monday and I was like unwell after babysitting for the whole weekend. So it's good we didn't go because yeah. I would have been in a shit mood.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. That would have been bad. Yeah.
0: And I drove for like three hours both ways. Yeah, that's right I, I wish they had like compensated me for gas, but they did pay me a lot and they weren't Yeah, nice. I was going to
1: say it was it was a pretty hefty. Yeah. Uh...
0: <sighs> Fine. I'm just I'm you know, guys, you got to make a buck. <laughs> got to get that bag.
1: It's true that's true that's true but how have you been
0: I've been good I it's been like a whirlwind um it was funny (laughs) because regarding the guy um I was texting my friend Sophie shout out Sophie shout out Sophie and she was like this name sounds familiar like because I was telling her I went on the date or whatever and she was like this name sounds familiar like is this from the night that we went out together and I like rolled my ankle and I was like no, I was like that was like a year ago. <laughs> it was like maybe a week before I left for um for Europe. but Before it turns Europe out and it after was, Europe, that was when we first met. Wait, that's so, so funny. So we've been talking for like over a month.
1: Wow, that's a long time know, on the apps. Nicely engaged. Long time on the apps for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, we had been talking because. He's like i don't know i'm not going to talk about it too much i don't want to jinx it but um but we basically couldn't meet up until after but now we've gone on a few dates so we'll see very exciting not putting all my eggs in I baskets mm-hmm. yet
1: here we go this is what caitlin does now that she um has is come chill. back from london that she's chill oh, yeah. <laughs> she, oh, um, mean the, accent. the accent i thought it's... you were like yeah caitlin's
0: so chill now that she's chill <laughs> no <laughs> she's super chilled
1: Um, But yeah, what else is, oh, and also um, Oscar, who was one of our guests earlier in the season, I was just on his podcast.
0: Which is so funny. Oh, Oscar. Oh,
1: Oscar. One of the most lovely human beings I know had the best time. When I tell you we laughed for the first 15 minutes, like before recording.
0: I'm excited to listen.
1: It's quite good. It's quite good. Nice little like quickie episode. It's super fun. In and out. In and out. And um, yeah, so definitely listen to that. It's called oh Oscar. It's on all of his stuff too, Oscar Aiden. He posts it all.
0: Um, he's also like kind of blowing up on TikTok.
1: Yeah, he like just started. I mean he's hilarious. Of course the second
0: he starts and we're out here like on these streets. He's one
1: of those people though that like I am not kidding, everything he says is funny. Everything
0: yeah it's true it's actually so true
1: and he's just a gem of a human i only want success for him yeah we stand and happiness big oscar
0: stands yep also um nina knows this but i did go to the stand recently and meet some really fucking cool comedians who are like icons oh, in the industry so get ready for those episodes we all need a laugh <laughs> literally send the police send the police
1: well should we just should we wrap it there yeah I... um,
0: I'll talk more about maybe like next week in depth about um, Europe or like updates but but we want you guys to yeah. you know Live your lives. Listen to Alice <laughs> and her, her great advice. Um, for anyone who's also, Take like, notes. it doesn't matter. You could either be into astrology. Like, I was already a little into astrology, and I learned a lot. But also, if you, like, are anina and don't know shit, um, okay. this is very helpful. I
1: do know shit. Yeah, because of me. No. Yeah. Because don't, my mom.
0: But, okay, your mom's such a legend.
1: Yeah, I'm like, don't even act. I'm Nina, like, I'm...
0: Nina's mom and I have a special connection. Oh, oh, my God. Lila just <laughs> offered Lina. Nina her paw. I know. Uh, also, guys, very important update. Lila got a raincoat and it's it has really sharks on it. It's, it's really, really cute. cute. It's on my story. Oh,
1: already. also... This is being recorded off of 24, after, 24 hours after all of the shit with Don't Worry Darling and like oh Harry Styles and everything. Oh, my God. That's and I'm important. going to the Harry Styles concert tonight. So that if I important. find anything out, the little fuckers will
0: know first. Yes. You, you little fuckers. Forget me first. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, okay. As always, just a reminder, please. Please. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. This babysitting company I worked with, I like pissed off they're probably gonna give us a bad review because I gave them a bad review. Cheers. <laughs> so um so let's combat that by like writing nice things. Nina's friends, I'm talking to you. Y'all are new listeners. Time is now.
1: <laughs> nothing nothing like being nice to my friends I to love get them your to your fr-
0: friends. <laughs> but you know, you gotta you- her tactic is threats yes. instead of uh well, words of admiration. Thre- well, I you know I love words of affirmation but um but real friends you threaten you know
1: that's really con- comforting <laughs> thank you for that and with that we're gonna jump right in
0: Ba-doom.
2: Hey guys! Today we're here to tell you about one of my favorite companies called Crush Tonic. So Crush Tonic was started by my friend Sally, who is an amazing, intelligent person. She's actually been on the podcast before, so after this episode, whichever one you're listening to, go back and check hers out. But she has this crazy story where basically she severely burnt herself cooking and she was looking for all these different ways to speed up her healing process and eventually discovered collagen. So through that, it helped heal the scarring, but then she was also finding that her hair, her nails, and her skin were looking better than ever. So that's when she officially decided she wanted to share this secret with the world, and that's when she created her company Crush Tonic. For those of you who don't know, at around 25, your body starts to lose its natural ability to produce collagen. So this impacts your skin, your hair, your nails, your bones muscles, everything, and leads to issues like wrinkles, dark circles, thinning hair, and more. But all these effects can be avoided and even reverse by collagen. And she has these amazing packets that you can put into any drink. She has flavors so that you can add it to your coffee. That's the coffee flavor. She has matcha. And then she also has the original and unflavored packets if you just want to add it to whatever drink you have without it impacting the flavor at all. So it's awesome. And honestly, the company has taken off so much. They've partnered with and sold their products in stores like Sephora, Gilt, Kith, airwan Equinox, JetBlue, and more. And soon they're even going to be available through QVC and Costco. So I highly recommend you guys check it out. They also, oh my God, they have these new anti-hair loss supplements that are in pill form and work wonders. They're made with ingestible keratin, which especially paired with the daily use of collagen means no more eight hour trips to the salon to get keratin treatment. Your hair is gonna look better than ever. So guys, go check it out. I promise you won't regret it. I'll put the link in the episode description, but basically you can just go over to crushtonic.com and use code SUP, for 20% off your first order and 50% off soon to be gone matcha and original crushes. All right, back to the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kelly, and today I'm so excited. I have an astrologer on named Alice Bell. I was telling her right before we started, I've been looking to have an astrologer on the podcast, talk about astrology, because I got into it when I moved back to New York, and it's just so interesting to me. So for a little background on you, Alice, before you give you know your own introduction, <laughs> um, Alice is a professional astrologer as well as the resident astrologer for British Vogue. Her writing has been featured in publications including Goop, Refinery29, and Forbes to name a few. She is also the co-host of the Astrology and You podcast where you can find out more about all the in-depth crazy things about the astrology world. So welcome Alice. I'm so excited to have you on.
3: Thank you for having me. I love the intro.
2: I know. I always try (laughs) to be like. It's kind of kitschy to do the intro, but I think it's good because sometimes like there was a phase where I got really comfortable with the podcast where I would just like start talking to the person and then people would be like, who is it? I'm like, okay, stick to the intros, like be a little type A in the beginning. But yeah, yeah, do you just want to tell the listeners for yourself, like how you got into
3: astrology a little bit about you? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So I guess to give background on like where I live, what my age is, Mm -hmm. I am live in New York. I am 28 years old. And a few years ago, I got into astrology. I was working in fashion. Um, I was a fashion assistant at Vogue magazine in New York. And that had been like my dream career that I've been working towards my whole life. And when I got it, I was like amazed that I got that so early on. But Once I was there, it just like wasn't so fulfilling. And I was like, I don't think I can do this for the rest of my life. I don't want to work in fashion. Um, And so I started teaching myself astrology on the side, not really knowing that that could be like a career. I'd never been into astrology before. Like I didn't know that astrologers existed as a job. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just became like obsessed with it. Once I realized there was a lot more to astrology than just like your horoscope and your sun sign like for me astrology has been like way more effective than therapy ever has Mm -hmm. it's just described like basically my whole personality all my like patterns um and yeah from there i built my business on the side while i was still at that job and when it was financially stable i quit and i've been a full-time astrologer for two and a half years now that's so cool I love having people on the podcast. Like, obviously,
2: I said I want an astrologer on, but I also love Mm -hmm. that your story is one that's not, like, totally straightforward because, I mean, that's why I started the podcast. I was kind of just randomly thrown into it at a time where I was like, I want to act, but I don't know if I want to act right now. I feel like I need to pivot. So I always find having guests on who have a similar like redirection in their story to be so interesting because I think it's something that our generation is really coming to terms with. We're not just going to be like our parents generation do the same Mm -hmm. job for, you know, X number of years. So that's so cool. I love that story. Um, So I was listening to your podcast, which, as I said, guys, it's really great and really helps you understand stuff. I was like trying to do my chart alongside you guys. (laughs) You're going to have to help me out a little bit there. You guys did a great job, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if anyone knows what an astrology chart looks like. But if you don't look it up, it's I mean, it can be complicated. Yeah, you definitely had to study this. You didn't just totally jump in. Yeah, yeah. But something you guys said that I think is such a great way to start this off for anyone who's listening and they're like, I don't really get astrology or get why it's important or helpful. You guys Mm -hmm. gave five ways that astrology can help a person or be useful. And I thought they were so good because this is actually why like when I had the switch from being like astrology is kitschy to astrology is fun, like this is exactly how I felt. So, yeah. to give the five quickly, you guys said the first reason is self esteem and validation. So, if you're different from someone, why you should accept it, why you drive more with some people than others, which leads mm-hmm. into relationship dynamics, kind of the same thing. Like, if you're going to more naturally connect to some people rather than others, and it helps you take things less personally. The third, I love how I'm just copying you guys, but so good.
3: (laughs) No, I had forgotten what I had said in this episode because it was like recorded a few months ago. So it's good you're going back over. Yeah, I was like,
2: I don't want to like test you and make you be like, wait, what was three? (laughs) Um, Third, perspective and patience. So if you feel like something's not happening at the right time, which again is such Mm -hmm. a theme in this podcast. It's really hard to have patience, but sometimes like you don't have control over when you're going to get the job, when you're going to get the guy, whatever. So mm-hmm. that being important, which leads into timing, knowing when it might be a good time to do something or when you should like let up a bit. And mm-hmm. the last one was empowerment. So I love that. But um, but yeah, what for you was the switch? What was the reason that you felt compelled to like get more into it once you started?
3: Uh, so I first started studying astrology like a little more intensely because of like dating problems mm-hmm. and wanting to know if a guy was going to text me back. <laughs>
0: and um, I love
3: it. Every girl. So, ever. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it started as like obsessively checking my horoscope, like, am I going to have romance this week? And then I don't know how I got on it, but like actually pulling up my own birth chart. Um, I can't really remember like the correlation between those two, um, but dating and relationships has always been something that's been like super difficult for me like works pretty much come easily but like not like being single for a large part of my life Mm -hmm. and just not being casual when it comes to dating relationships and having so much trouble with that having that explained through my birth chart was like so helpful and that's I kind of feel like that's what really resonated with me the most and got me into it initially.
2: Yeah, I so get that too, because it's very different than having like, I mean, therapy is great, guys, don't get me wrong. But it's very different than having like a therapist just be like, you're totally normal. Don't worry about it. It'll happen. It's like Mm -hmm. something where you start to see like, oh, maybe you have these qualities that you can work on, or maybe this isn't like the exact time it's going to happen because according to the stars, it could happen later. And with the relationship stuff, sometimes when I've just met someone if I feel like we're like connecting right away or like there's like a little weirdness if I find out their sign like it makes it make more sense a lot yeah. of the time you know so it also just helps you understand perspective and where people are coming from so that's less like oh is it something I did you know because we all think we're the main character so yeah it definitely helps with that so what is your dating life right now I'm interested to hear
3: I'm in a relationship. Oh my and I God.
2: Yeah, I predicted
3: myself getting into a relationship. No fucking way. Yeah. You like read your own birth
2: <laughs> chart and you're like,
3: it's happening now? Yeah, I knew. Uh, so it happened. I met him five months ago. Um, oh and I knew. So I've been single for five years since I was like 22. And I was starting to be, be like, I'm never going to meet someone ever. It's been so long. And I knew with Astrology 2021. For me it was going to be like a big relationship year but like i wasn't on dating apps i wasn't reaching out i wasn't like mm-hmm. going out it was deep covid back in january february yeah. and one of my instagram followers reached out beginning of february and was like i this is so random but i have a guy friend i think you would really get along with um, oh my
2: god you have to love the dm slide not yeah. even from the guy but like a dm
3: setup wow yeah. and so I was like what's his birth time I need to look at his chart <laughs> I looked at his chart I liked what I saw and I agreed to the date <gasps> oh the, the my rest gosh of history.
2: you're like I don't need his picture I actually need just his time and
3: place of birth you know <laughs> yeah because I looked at his like profile on Instagram and like he wasn't someone I would normally be drawn to immediately <laughs> but then I saw the chart and I was like I think we would have a lot to talk about some god it was there so
2: interesting i was at dinner the other night with some friends and one of the girls and i were talking about how like we feel like we're kind of serial daters who have been in like this long rut if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know growing up i always was in these like longish term if not long term relationships and they weren't that serious until like college especially like my most recent one but same thing that ended for me around like 22 or three. I don't know. No, mm-hmm. 23 or four, whatever. I'm like <laughs> How old am I? And it's basically <laughs> been like a rut since and it's so interesting that you say that that like, it's just sometimes like in the timing and in the stars. And I've also found myself getting really picky about certain things where Mm -hmm. it would be so helpful to just like look at someone's chart and be like oh you should put them aside because if you actually go on a date with them or a second date with them maybe
3: it'll work out yeah yeah exactly because the chart can kind of show the dynamics at play like i saw he had a scorpio moon and i was like okay he has like emotional depth um (laughs) he'll be he'll be like interesting to talk to yeah that's so funny i'm a scorpio moon too oh my god yeah yeah i was looking at your chart before oh my
2: god i'm scared to see what it says i feel like it's like <laughs> like, who even knows I'd be really interested to see what's about the past year because it was like kind of a shit show but then again we were in a global pandemic
3: I was looking at your chart I was gonna say there's a lot of stress coming from work and health right now
2: oh right now so I don't,
3: Interesting. yeah like career is kind of where all the focus is right now so That's having so been like kind of stressed out with work but feeling like you need to make a change with what you're doing or like just taking it way more seriously and taking on a lot
2: oh my god So it's really funny you say that. So I took like a Mm -hmm. really long hiatus from the podcast. I was trying Mm -hmm. to figure out where to um, place this episode. So you know what? I just (laughs) decided it's going to be the first one because here I am explaining myself. I'm like, why not? But I took a really long break from the podcast, which I didn't intend on doing, but just Mm -hmm. had like a lot of depression type stuff. And Mm -hmm. I've always had anxiety, but it's always been anxiety that like helps me perform. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it was like the first time in my life where the depression was so bad, it just inhibited me from starting anything Mm -hmm. like the idea of restarting the podcast felt so stressful that and then I would get stressed about not doing it. It was so crazy. But I'm actually glad I waited because now I feel like in a really good headspace to do it. So it might be more like excited stress now because I definitely like feel the pressure to like perform and get back going. But I've done like a few interviews now and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to be back. But that is funny. I feel
3: like the fall will be bigger for you. Just once Virgo season, you're Virgo rising. So I feel like there's going to be a lot going on in Virgo Obviously, end of August into oh September. So, I feel like that's probably when you might get going again. Oh my God. Um, and then you also have so much Sagittarius in your chart, like I you Sag, know. Sun, Mars, Venus, Mercury. So, there's gonna be a Sagittarius solar eclipse on December 3rd. So I feel like that will really set you off in a new direction or have like maybe a change with like where you're living. It's in your house of home. Oh my Um, God, this is so
2: crazy. Well, first of all, that's around my birthday, but that's also like around when my lease is up. I'm like, am I
3: moving? Yeah, I think you're moving.
2: (laughs) 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 Well guys, you heard it here first. If I move and, you know, blow up in the fall, It was all Alice book reading. Um, That's so funny. It's so interesting that you can like see all that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. Although I could do this forever. I'm like, keep telling me about me. (laughs) But for the listeners, maybe we just do, you know, for people who don't know as much about astrology, like some of the basics, because we're talking about, you know, sun sign, rising sign, moon sign, or then like the houses. I know I got so many listener questions Mm -hmm. about like, what are the houses? So do you want to just like break that down a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so
3: for people that really don't know that much, when you're talking about like your sign, like when someone's like, what's your sign? They're referring to your sun. So that's your sun sign, like you are a Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how the rising, the rising corresponds basically with the house system too. So when you input your exact birth time, date, year, city into an astrology chart calculator you can literally just google like astrology chart generator and so you enter in your info there it comes up with a circle chart and the first house of the chart on the left hand side it's about like the nine nine o'clock position on a chart on a clock um that is where the rising sign is and the rising sign is like the sign that was on the horizon at the moment you were born so it's key to have your exact birth time and date to know the rising got it um because it changes like every hour oh interesting so it's
2: actually for a while then
3: yeah so if you were born okay so you're born at 11 46 p.m if you yeah. had been born at like what would that be like an hour later like 12 46 a.m oh. you would be a Libra rising instead of a Virgo rising wow
2: yeah it's interesting so well I'll tell you what I understand about it and you can be like girl no <laughs> <laughs> you know you can be like leave it to the expert but From what I understand about the signs, your sun sign is like your main sign. You know, it's the one everyone Mm -hmm. knows. It's kind of the Mm -hmm. one you relate to through and through the most, it seems like.
3: It's some people like don't resonate with their sun sign because it's your identity. And it's your identity is always evolving throughout your whole life. So you're kind of working to grow into the traits of the sun sign, whereas the rising and the moon are just what you have naturally. Like, so you may identify more with the moon and the rising sometimes because it's moon is childhood conditions that involve like the home growing up your relationship with your mom. And also just like your, yeah, so you have a Scorpio moon, maybe mom was like a little intense or just like over involved mom I didn't say it but um. <laughs> yeah but it's kind of just your basic emotional reactions to things and who you are like in your inner world that you revert back to kind of when you're in new situations or emotionally upset um yeah and the rising is just what you immediately put forth into the world like this is who I am this is how other people see me Um, whereas the sun is kind of more what you're working towards. That is so interesting. I've heard the other two,
2: you know, how you come off for your rising and the moon Mm -hmm. being like your more deep personal self. But I love two of the things you said. One being, um, like the way you were describing the moon, obviously it's like, how people see you who are much closer to you because it's like for deeper, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. more upsetting situations. But the way you're describing it also kind of sounds like trauma, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's like your gut reaction that sometimes you have to like work against a little bit or like break down. Yeah, it's like
3: deep patterns that sometimes don't, like it's like what you picked up as a child. So sometimes when you're an adult, like that stuff just doesn't work for you anymore. So if you are repressing like let's say you have a gemini moon like you love that's kind of a love for communication and feeling emotional fulfilled when you're connecting with people but if there was something in childhood where you were told to be like quiet or not voice your opinions or stop asking questions then maybe as an adult you aren't really fully coming into that moon and that's what you pisces. need to work on
2: is that your moon
3: no no i'm a pisces moon so my like yeah. very emotional I love it.
2: Well, so are Scorpios in a way. I feel like they yeah. get a rap as being like crazy, but it also like has a lot to do with like emotionality and like mm-hmm. reactiveness, which is something I definitely like have been working on. So mm-hmm. well, we'll get into this yeah, later because yeah. I actually want to get into the Scorpio stuff because we had a listener question about it. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, the other thing I was going to say is about The Rising it's so interesting that you're saying like people relate a lot to the rising in particular in the way I'm coming off right now. It's probably more like virgo because it's work. Mm-hmm. I feel like I present very Sagittarius and mm-hmm. maybe that's just because the Virgo thing's more like type A and like when I'm being social or out, I'm more like, hey. you
3: do have a lot in Sagittarius. So maybe you present more Sagittarius than someone that just had their son, whereas you have like four planets. Yeah. But The rising is the lens through which you kind of approach all areas of your life. So maybe it's like Virgo being organized, critical, always wanting to improve. You kind of approach like that way.
2: Yeah. So Virgo is my anxiety. We got it. Yeah. She's the the main character in my life for sure. Exactly. Um, Okay. So that was amazing. We also had so many questions about the houses. Um, Mm -hmm. So you were saying that like the rising and
3: moon are houses. Moon's not a house. Oh, moon's not a house. Okay. So there's 12 houses. Guys, don't listen to me. Yeah. (laughs) The moon is located in a house, but the rising marks the first house. So you're a Virgo rising. Your second house would be Libra. The third house would be Scorpio, fourth, Sagittarius, so on. So the house system is kind of realized based on what your rising sign is but nice. each house 1 through 12 corresponds to a particular area of life so there's certain houses that are career focused there's certain ones that are friendship and relationship focused there's mm-hmm. others that are more about emotions um transformation kind of more difficult stuff going on in life amazing that's so interesting
2: so for people who are like you know going to get a ring with you eventually but before then they're going to try to do it themselves and mm-hmm we wish you the best. What are like the homes that houses, (laughs) the houses that you think people would be most interested in knowing about themselves? Like what are the ones people are kind of like looking out for that? Maybe if you have a
3: shorter reading, you're like highlighting more. I feel like it depends on the person. So everyone's going to have planets in certain houses like you have all these Sagittarius planets are in your fourth house. So like I would Fourth house is home, family, the past, emotions, kind of nostalgia. Guys, I
2: have so much trauma.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So the home is like really a big part of your life. So if I Mm -hmm. see a ton of planets focused around one house of the chart or a few houses in the chart, I'll focus on that for the person. And it's no big deal if you have empty houses. No one's going to have all the planets in all the houses. There's always going to be a few that have the majority of the planets in them or more than one in them.
2: Yeah, so that's another question I had. So for people listening, if you're like looking at your chart or looking at a chart in the future, the houses are broken up into like like pie-shaped house. yeah. I I did math once. pies Um, Yeah. Pie slices exactly and some of them you can just see there are no there's nothing in
3: it there are no signs planets there's sign signs are in every house so around the border the chart you're going to see a sign around the border of every house so Uh everyone has every single sign in them so it's funny when people are like I hate Geminis I'm like you literally have Gemini in your chart wait that's
2: so funny so we all have
3: every sign in our chart yeah it influences even though you don't have planets in that sign you still have that sign on a house of your chart
2: got it so we have the signs in the house but we don't have the planets so if you don't have planets any planets in a slice of the pie oh in a God. sign or a house yeah. yes so that's an empty
3: house yeah exactly so like in your chart your ninth house is empty is that tra- love <laughs> no ninth house is like education travel that stuff but Taurus is on your ninth house So that doesn't mean you don't have travel or education in your life. It just means Taurus is the sign associated with that. So you approach Mm -hmm. that area of your life, maybe in a Taurian type of way. Like to take it back a little, Mm -hmm. the most common question I get is like, I have an empty seventh house. That's the house pertaining to relationships. Mm -hmm. Does that mean I'm never going to be in a relationship? And that's not the case because you still have a sign on that house. And as the planets move in their current positions in the sky in 2021 or whatever year it is, They will activate certain areas of your chart, triggering relationship stuff, even if you don't have planets in that part of your chart.
2: So basically, the planets being in the chart means it's like a more emphasized area. But if they're not there, if it's an empty house, so to speak, that doesn't mean that it won't come along. Exactly. Yeah.
3: The houses that are occupied in your chart are just areas of life where the individual has repeated lessons to learn. So it's more concentrated on certain
2: areas of your life than others. That is so interesting. And I'm definitely going to ask you more about (laughs) at the end, like this whole Mm -hmm. mind having to do with home and stuff. Well, I'll say one more thing about it, and then we'll get back Mm -hmm. to you and breaking stuff down. But I do feel like sometimes I have this like – I don't know if it's, like, part of my anxiety or what, but I have this feeling of, like, needing to, like, move or shift locations or, like, feeling like home is always, like, somewhere out of reach. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's so interesting that you said that cuz it really resonated. Okay, so this is actually a good segue. Mm-hmm. Something that I was interested in and I feel like a lot of like the flack that the astrology world will get has to do with like If you think of things like I studied psychology in school, one of the things, you know, maybe a psychologist would say, oh, you're having a confirmation bias, which for people who don't know, it's like, oh, you just said that there are a lot of planets in this house that has to do with home. So you're kind of looking for reasons that that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you explain or go against the idea that a lot of astrology is us looking for confirmation biases or saying like, oh, that makes sense because of this and trying to like overly apply it to our lives
3: yeah that's a tough question I feel like that could be true but like what I've given you is kind of more general like I feel Mm. like astrology gets so complex in that I could see how the relationship is with your mom how it is with your dad and I feel like that kind of Mm. stuff like and also like minute stuff about relationships and all that is not really a confirmation bias Like, not everyone's going to have, like, a specific relationship problem.
2: No, when I'm hearing it, I'm like, no, it's way too specific to be that. But I just feel like a lot of, like, the haters in the astrology world will kind of try to say that kind of thing. Like, oh, it's so general. It's so this. It's so that. Um, And something that that comes up with a lot is, you know, reading your daily horoscope or your Mm -hmm. weekly horoscope. So as I mentioned in the beginning, you write these horoscopes, which is probably so fun. (laughs) Um, How do you do that? And then, like, how much weight do you think people should be putting in these, like, weekly Mm -hmm. or daily Mm
3: -hmm. horoscopes? I think horoscopes are just for fun. I wouldn't put a ton of weight into it, but I would read the horoscopes for your rising sign, not your sun sign. They just show up as like, read them for your sun sign. Cause obviously the whole population isn't going to know the time they were born, but they're going to know the month they were born. So that's kind of why it's general to read it for your son, but they're written to be read for the rising sign. Cause like when I'm writing horoscopes, for instance, your Virgo rising for the Virgo mm-hmm. horoscope, I'm being Virgo in the first house. And then I'm seeing what's going on in the sky in relationship to the Virgo chart. So like it's, cancer season right now that falls in the 11th house of a Virgo rising chart. So the Virgo horoscope this month is going to be a lot about groups, friendships being social, whereas the Sagittarius is just not going to say that.
2: That's so interesting. Okay, guys, so start reading your rising signs. I have to do Mm -hmm. that. It's so funny. I was like reading my moon sign for a bit. No. But yeah.
3: I would never do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Guys,
2: don't do that because it's just who you are at the base of yourself. But it sounds like it has less to do with like the day to day than your rising.
3: Yeah, yeah. The moon. I don't really know how moon sign horoscopes would be written. You'd even work. Yeah. So funny. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop doing that. Good to know.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just trying to kind of simplify this. Obviously, you've been studying it for so long. So you mm-hmm. probably know so many terms and like mm-hmm. different things that we can't even imagine. But like, so if you're not looking at a certain person, if
3: you're looking at like a time period. At the sign, yeah. Yeah.
2: How does that work? Because
3: like going back to the example, like the Virgo oh. horoscope. Yeah. For that sign. It's taking where the planets are currently in the sky. It's not when you were born. It's like what's going on on July 15th, 2021 in relation to that Virgo chart. And so... It's like, okay, how are the planets in Cancer? And then there's some planets in Leo also right now. Mm -hmm. And the moon's in Libra today. Where is that falling in the chart of this like Virgo rising chart I'm making for the horoscope? And how is that affecting their life this week? Wow.
2: So I know it's not a science, but it's definitely complex Mm -hmm. in a way that like feels borderline scientific, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, 100%. Like you can get dates, like I get dates down for predictions like to the day. Oh,
2: yes. Okay. So now that we have a little more of the language set Mm -hmm. up, I want to circle back to you and your relationship. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) can you say his name?
3: Jesse, Jesse.
2: (laughs) I'm thinking about the idea of, you know, like timing and whether stuff is fixed or can be changeable. Mm -hmm. With that kind of stuff, it sounds like you knew right away, like, okay, this is my year for love. Like we have pretty compatible charts. Do you think that made you like more likely to pursue him? It sounds like yes. Like how was your experience around that? Did you put pressure on yourself because of that?
3: No, I feel like when I started dating him I was like I just thought cuz my love life has failed so much in the past that it was just going to be the same thing where it like went on for 2 months and then he ghosted me or something like that so I York, guys. <laughs> yeah I still had all this anxiety I wasn't like this is the one astrology says so it was still like very unsure like it could have been someone further down in the year but I feel like it helped me knowing the timing in the years that came before this one like 2019 and 2020 not a whole lot going on with relationships in my chart so it made sense why nothing was happening and it just helped me be a lot more calm about it. And instead of like beating myself up, like swiping on dating apps and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I love that. Because you guys were kind of talking about that in one of the episodes I was listening to, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like I'm get really into apps. And sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to even try with this. So having that kind of confirmation that like, you feel that way, because it's not your time Mm -hmm. right now. Like, there's no need to like, put that pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. It definitely I could see that just being so helpful um so that's so interesting like it's not like you get an exact time you kind of
3: get a time frame I could see kind of like what months or even weeks would be within the year Mm -hmm. like if it wasn't going to be in February I would have guessed July August based on like my individual chart so yeah I could do that um but I can't what astrology can't tell is like, oh, you're meeting someone in February. I see relationship energy. I can't be like, this is the person you're going to marry. This is the one. Oh, I can't yeah. see like the type of person coming about. I just know that there's going to be relationship emphasis.
2: Interesting. So it could just be like a two month thing, which is why you still had the anxiety around it. You're like, mm-hmm. there can be emphasis on this, but it doesn't mean it's going to like long term
3: work out. Exactly. Like there could be. I can see when relationships go through periods of stress but again I can't see so black and white like yes you're gonna break up it's not gonna last or you're just going through a stressful period where you may not be sure what's happening definitely and
2: that makes so much sense too for people who are like you know this didn't happen exactly at this time or whatever Mm -hmm. it didn't add up like maybe it happened in a smaller way than you realized or maybe it was a different type of relationship like can you tell if it's romantic versus like friendship or other things like that I feel like with the
3: more major transits it's usually romantic like it wouldn't be that that. meaningful and make such an impact in the chart if it wasn't going to be something like a friendship you wouldn't see that as like so meaningful I guess as you would like meeting someone
2: and then since you said you like had his chart, did it say mm-hmm. at the same time that that was going to be an emphasis for him?
3: Yeah. So that's how I needed his birth chart Whoa. before the date. Because I was like, I'm not going to go on a date with someone who doesn't even have potential to have a relationship yeah. this year. Like I'm done. I'm 28. I want to get married soon. It's oh. um, So, yeah, I saw in his chart um, that he had relationship growth this year. So I was like, OK, why not? I'll give him a shot.
2: That's so cool. That was overlapping for you guys. Well, I am so on your guys' team. I hope the stars continue to align because that (laughs) is so interesting. (laughs) Okay, before we get into you and quarter life qualm stuff, I did have a lot of questions about whether or not astrology was able to predict COVID or like the universal stress of that period in 2020. Was that something that astrologers saw coming at all? Yeah, 100%.
3: Really? Yeah, like not a pandemic exactly, but that 2020 would be an insanely difficult year with financial stress. Particularly, I don't think astrologers were able to like be like, "Yeah, there's gonna be um <laughs> a virus, a virus that goes around." Yeah, but like that's how it manifested. Um, wow. But yeah, that's really cool. Looking at that year, the astrology was insane last year, and it never let up
2: the whole year that is so crazy yeah because i was thinking about that because obviously we have like the individual charts but as we were saying before when you're doing things like more generalized readings for the signs based on periods of time like it's so interesting that was just like yeah 2020 is gonna suck for kind Mm -hmm. of everyone
3: i was gonna say that's a particular field of astrology like i feel like not all astrologers specialize in world event astrology Mm. that's something that like you have to have a really big knowledge of like world history because patterns will repeat Like what was seen in 2020 was also similar to the astrology. The year 9-11 was taking place. The year World War II broke out. So it's all about these patterns and knowing that in the past it's resulted in that. So maybe it's going to be something similar. Wait, that's
2: so crazy.
3: Oh (laughs) my God, that those two events
2: would line up with the way the stars were in 2020. Well, I'm not sure if you know this, since it does sound like it's kind of a specialized thing. But does it sound like from what you've heard, and maybe the astrology world, like 2021 is gonna continue
3: to let up? And yeah, I predicted that Starting May, things would get a lot better, and that's kind of what happened. Um, that has to do with Jupiter going into Pisces. So when you get a planet, a positive planet like Jupiter going into a sign it's associated with, you get the full benefits of like freedom, like travel, like happiness. So that was this summer. I am a little hesitant about the fall. Like I feel because Jupiter's going back into Aquarius for a little so maybe facing a little restriction again or something Mm -hmm. not being as fully like happy or free but the second 2022 starts like going back to like things are not going to go back to 2020 okay thank god yeah well guys you heard it here first oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> to like
2: listen back to this episode it's so fascinating to me i hope i'm right <laughs> i i hope you are too i'm ready for you to be right about my success in the fall to uh kind of even out yeah. that world stress i'm like perfect i'll just focus on the career love that okay so now i want to get into core life qualms mm-hmm. so i kind of explained this to you but for anyone listening who's new to the podcast the podcast general Theme is being in your 20s, figuring things out, going through transitions.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and
2: something that I first learned about from <laughs> Lindsay Metzler of Prima mm-hmm. Acme, she was on the podcast and she told me about the Saturn return. Yeah. So I feel like for anyone who doesn't know, apparently you're supposed to go through your Saturn return like around your late 20s. Yeah, I mean. it's it's most
3: intense at age 29, but it kind of spans 28 to 30. So interesting. So,
2: you know, maybe not for the earlier 20 somethings but for the later 20 something people who are going through Mm -hmm. it maybe that's your quarter life qualm is also (laughs) your Saturn return um so can you just explain the Saturn return a little bit and then I know that you're kind of in the age like are you going
3: through it at all yeah this year next year (laughs) so I'm definitely feeling that Um, so Saturn, everyone has Saturn in their chart and it takes Mm -hmm. about 29 to 30 years to go from where it was when you were born in the sky to -hmm. where it is currently. So everyone born with Saturn in Aquarius. So that's birthdays that are, um, I think pretty much all of 91, all of 92 and most Mm -hmm. of 93, they're in their Saturn return right now because Saturn has finally returned to Aquarius. And the last Mm -hmm. time it's been there was 91, 92, 93. So what happens at the Saturn return is like you come into adulthood and you really are like what am I doing with my life? I need to get more serious about where I'm going and I need to establish my own identity. So a lot of the time it causes like if you're in a relationship that you just don't feel is getting more serious, there'll be a breakup or you do commit and you have a baby together, you like do more like adult serious grown-up things or if you're in a career that you think like is just to please other people and you're not really happy often there's like a major life change where you're like I don't want to do this with my life anymore I want to do something else so it's really about growing up and becoming your own person
2: that is so interesting because I mean it sounds like it might have been too early uh for this to be going on my start of the podcast but I Mm -hmm. do feel like around the past year or so that's been such a Mm -hmm. constant theme in my life is kind of like redirecting my career path and like going through that and I just think this again the podcast is about your 20s in general Mm -hmm. I am at this point in my later 20s um, and I think similarly to the way like your early 20s can be a little I don't know disorienting in some ways because you're thrown from college into the real world and you're trying to navigate all that I think there's a similar thing, which it kind of sounds like is like part of the Saturn return to extent in your late 20s where you're like, okay, now I'm like an adult adult, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not just like a
3: part time adult. Yeah, yeah, I have to
2: really get my shit together. So it sounds like that's part of it.
3: There is difficult astrology around the age of, like, 21 to 23. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, like, the phase that comes right before the Saturn return. It's the Saturn square. So when you're 21, it's definitely a difficult period, kind of similar. And, like, I feel like the foundation that's set at 21 – maybe similar themes will resurface at twenty nine thirty. That makes so much sense too if you think about like career Mm -hmm. paths
2: and stuff I don't know it's like it's when you're like even for people who aren't more straightforward jobs like it's kind of when you're like okay am I sticking this out am Mm -hmm. I getting the promotions Mm -hmm. I want you know that Mm -hmm. I mean that makes so much sense to me Mm -hmm. um so guys it sounds like a lot of your 20s -hmm. can be explained by Saturn.
3: Yeah, 27. Because you mentioned like this past Hmm. year, you're 27. um, That also is kind of a lead into the Saturn return, because it's something called a progressed lunar return. And that's really about learning how to reparent yourself and give yourself kind of the emotional stuff maybe you didn't get in childhood or just doing it as an adult so 27 can also be kind of a tricky year so that may be why people feel that a little that's
2: so funny I love this explanation of it because it's just like (laughs) such a different lens so what was your like kind of not core life crisis but what was something that you went through in your 20s that you feel like has been pivotal or do you feel like you're going through Mm -hmm. it right now
3: I feel like at 25 was a huge year for me. I do feel like that was eclipses were in Aquarius at that time. So it eclipses on my Aquarius sun. But 25 was when I learned astrology. And I feel like my personality went through this like huge change, whereas I was never open to anything spiritual, anything bigger than myself. And that was kind of the year I became a lot more calmer, less anxious. And I was like, this is astrology. This is what I need to do now. That's so
2: cool. So it really lined up. In yeah,
3: That's there's awesome. like a definitive like early 20s is so much more stressful and anxious than I was after 25.
2: That's awesome, too. Because I feel like I don't know, some people think of like transition, or maybe even your Saturn mm-hmm. return, anything like that as being stressful, but it's been such a net positive for you. And you were saying you thought your whole dream was to end up in fashion. But then like, Mm -hmm. It sounds like this is what you needed to kind of like undo Mm -hmm. some of that anxiety, which is so, so cool.
3: Yeah. And I feel like if I hadn't listened to that at 25, then at Mm -hmm. the Saturn return, it would just become even more like glaringly obvious. Like I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't make the decision like in a certain year, it kind of keeps repeating over and over again in your life until you do something about it.
2: Okay, that's amazing, because that was the listener question, too. Like, what if you don't follow, you know, mm-hmm. the pattern that sounds like you're supposed to? It sounds like it just, it's kind of like lessons that come back over and over. Again. Exactly.
3: And they'll haunt you at 40. Like, there's big transitions <laughs> that in, you know, the midlife crisis. That's like, yeah. an, that's definitely in astrology. Like, the early 40s is really tricky. It's like the Saturn opposition. And like that's when, like, if you didn't do stuff with the Saturn return, you really got to do it then. it just wow. keeps coming back. So guys,
2: let's all just tackle it in our 20s. So we don't have like the worst. Exactly. Midlife ever. It sounds like that is so interesting to me. So as an astrologer, like how would you say that we can use astrology to help us understand or like better get through these periods?
3: I would say I mean, astrology, what I feel like most people don't get right is that they think it like forces you to do stuff when really it just reflects what your intuition already knows. So I just feel like listening to your inner voice is also just helpful if you don't know astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, but the birth chart shows like where your natural skills are and what maybe you might feel more fulfilled doing. So if you kind of look at that part of your chart, maybe you're not doing that already and you need to look at that and lean more into those areas. Wow. I'm going to ask you about that after too. <laughs>
2: and then I guess the last quarter life question for you would be what methods other than astrology have you implemented in your life to help you like mm-hmm. during stressful or difficult periods
3: i would say meditation i mm-hmm. never did that i started that um a little over a year ago mm-hmm. so i do like Kundalini breath work meditation stuff and that every single day just mm-hmm. less anxious the whole day even if i don't recognize it in the moment as the day wears on i'm just a lot better, a okay. Lot better. Wait,
2: I've heard of this, but now I need to look into it. What's how do you spell it? Yeah,
3: Kundalini, so K U N D A L I N I, and then I would either say Kundalini meditation or Kundalini breathwork meditation. Um, I took like a course on it, it got basics, and then I just kept doing it on my own. I'm sure if you researched into it, you could figure it out. That's so cool because
2: I've heard meditation, I think I've heard of Kundalini, but I've definitely never gotten that as a response on the podcast. So that's so cool. (laughs) Is it just about like the breath work being like regulating
3: or? Yeah. It also just, it gives you like more energy. I don't know, like whenever I'm doing it. And also I was always about it just sitting there and like meditating. I find that so boring, but with Kundalini breath work, it's like, there's exercises you're doing with your hands and kind of like movement that keeps you more focused and I feel like it's about manifesting and bringing certain energy into your life. Like there's meditations for prosperity, so getting more financial abundance or getting rid of addictive mindsets. Um, so it's different areas you can focus on. Okay, I'm definitely looking into that. If you yeah. guys aren't
2: sold, I don't know how. Because first of all, I like gesticulating. Yeah. <laughs> Did I even say that right? I don't know. When I'm talking, um big mm-hmm. gesture gal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea of like moving around a little bit mm-hmm. while doing it sounds great. And then manifesting. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something I think everyone can find some interest in because it's like, why would you not want to? Yeah, bring like write, shit into your life. <laughs>
3: writing down what you want is so key. And I think a lot of that has to do
2: with like for people who, you know, don't understand manifesting or like don't totally believe in it. Like a lot of that just has to do with like figuring out what you want, because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us are so on autopilot that you don't really think about what you want. Mm-hmm. Even I think about like dating Like there are so many times when you're just dating To date and you're not like sitting there being like Like what do I want my partner Not do they like me but what do I want What do I like you know so just getting in touch With that I think has yeah. so much to do With manifestation But that's that's so cool I love that Answer yeah. Um, Okay, so now quickly, I want to play a game that I haven't played before, Mm -hmm. but I think it's super interesting for like the whole astrology thing. And I use some of the listener questions, but basically, I want to play a quick game of Mythbusters. So this is basically like astrology myths that you may or may not agree with. So either busting the myth or you're like, no, that actually makes sense or is true okay okay cool let's start okay first myth people use astrology to shy away from taking responsibility for their
3: actions I would say there is truth to that myth like that's not <laughs> how I use astrology but that yeah. is how a lot of people do it they're like I'm a this sign so I can act like this I don't that doesn't mean I believe it's right
2: yeah okay I love that you're like it actually happens but it's not how you're supposed to use yeah. it. yeah okay cool very cool
3: Okay, um, second, (laughs) Mercury is basically always in retrograde. False, it's in retrograde three times a year for three weeks, so nine weeks out of the year about. Got it.
2: So is it just in retrograde more
3: than other planet. Yeah, it's most most frequent retrograde out of the inner planets. So planets like Saturn, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus are retrograde probably 4 months out of the year, but those mm-hmm. don't affect you on a personal level. When Mercury or Mars or Venus are retrograde, that affects your day-to-day life a lot more. And Mars is only retrograde once every 2 years and Venus is once every 18 months. So the fact that Mercury is 3 times a year is why you hear so much about it. And what does being in retrograde mean? The planet is like this optical illusion that it's appearing to move backwards, but it's just like slowing down in its orbit around the sun. And because Mercury is the planet of communication, it just means when that happens, everything involving communication is kind of thrown into confusion or delayed, like new plans are set back or... People get in their head thinking about the past a lot because it's always about like reviewing what's already happened. So you'll hear from an ex or you'll be reflecting mm. on what could have been like and getting kind of emotional about that. Um, so it's really just a time to slow down and reflect. That's so interesting. Do you ever find yourself
2: like not doing things because of Mercury and retrograde, like not reaching out someone or? I don't know taking a step yeah. career wise or yeah
3: no I wouldn't like if you're to get like an amazing career opportunity I wouldn't be like no I need to wait till Mercury's out of okay okay cool, but cool. yeah it's not like that but just being kind of mindful of it like I always feel like work becomes really slow at Mercury retrograde. so sometimes I'll be like I'm gonna take some time off or just not be so hard on myself just being kind of aware of what's happening okay
2: good to know so it's mm-hmm. always
3: bad it's just like you know it's not a, a bad thing out. at all it's just yeah. okay you've been going and going and going with your everyday life you need time to rest periodically and yeah. that's what mercury retrograde asks you to do
2: yeah which sometimes can be hard for work obsessed yeah. society in the yeah. u.s we should all take a i know retrograde. <laughs> although i guess that's kind of what the pandemic was sos True. Um, but like a healthier one mm-hmm. you know okay third myth um, I don't think it's myth, but I shouldn't say that. I'll, let, I'll <laughs> leave it to you. Men, namely like hetero cis men, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. hate astrology. Yeah, that's true.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, my boyfriend doesn't, but I feel like a lot of men don't like it because my theory is that men love to be in control and mm. they feel like they don't like to think that there's forces out of their control that are determining yeah. events in their life.
2: Or that we have some kind of, like, witchy knowledge that they've Yeah. They
3: don't.
2: <laughs> That's exactly. so funny. And I feel like
3: it's maybe because they've had bad experiences dating where someone's like, you're a Scorpio, I won't date you, because all my mm. exes are like you. So maybe they just hear stuff like that and get annoyed. Yeah, they never hear, like, the positives. Yeah, of it. exactly. Yeah.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, I had, there was one guy I was, like, casually seeing a while ago at this point now, but he would, mm-hmm. like, freak out if i mentioned astrology oh my I was God. like okay red flag because <laughs> it wasn't yeah, like i yeah. even knew that much it was just like oh like that's so interesting and he's like stop talking about astrology
3: yeah one of one of my credentials before mm. i met my partner was like have to have someone that is open to astrology
2: yeah it's like you don't have to love it or necessarily like totally believe in it but like mm-hmm. a lot of guys get like activated by it. It's (laughs) so weird. (laughs) So funny. Anyways, okay,
3: next myth. Scorpios are crazy. I'm hoping you bust this That's a myth, a hundred percent. I hate like cliches like that. I think Scorpios try to control their emotions a lot and they get like very worked up and have these like really strong reactions and they like to be in control and try to control a lot of things. So try to be in real yeah in relationships they can be a bit obsessive or controlling on the more negative side but I feel like Scorpios just know what they do and don't want in their life and they're very good at like okay this is cut off I don't want this anymore
2: yeah that's another thing that I meant to bring up but I think is so true it's like for any sign there are going to be like Good traits or characteristics. Exactly. Yeah. So there's going to be like a good version of that out there to you and a bad version. You know, like it could be overly emotional or whatever, or it could be like in touch with your emotions. Exactly. Just stuff like that. Yeah. So you're never going to be a bad sign, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. This is inspired by what I saw on the street the other day. Mm-hmm. I was walking down the street oh, and yeah. saw that Alice had written this thing about dogs and their signs. So <laughs> I guess a myth would be, I don't know if this is a myth per se, but dogs, signs or birth charts don't matter.
3: i That's one. It's tricky. Cause like, I do feel mm-hmm. like dogs will act out their signs and their moon signs, but obviously life events are not going to like, like dogs aren't going to go through career stuff, but maybe they take on, <laughs> Like, I do feel like a dog that's an Aries is, is probably going to be a lot more hyper than, like, a dog that's a Pisces.
2: That is so funny. Delilah is a Libra, which kind of so, like, makes sense. Calm and peaceful. Calm and peaceful, but also, like, really likes nice things and, like, yeah. is a like, of like, a diva. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, she'll be like, okay, you're here to give me butt rubs, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I have work um but no she's amazing she's the best okay and then we'll just do one more before Mm -hmm. wrapping up cusps are usually more of a combination of two signs than non-cusps cusps
3: Cusps don't exist you're either one sign or you're not yeah that's such a myth really yeah because so there's not like one day so Mm -hmm. okay like for instance cancer season going to leo season that's coming Mm -hmm. up Some people, like if you're born on July 22nd, I think that's usually like the date it changes. Mm -hmm. That tends to vary from year to year. So that's why it's important Mm -hmm. to have the exact birth time to literally know if you're a cancer or a Leo. You're not going to be a cusp. You're not going to be a mix of both of those. Maybe if you yeah. are a Cancer that feels more like a Leo, it's because you have other planets such as like a Leo Venus or a Leo Mercury uh-huh. in your chart that make you feel like that.
2: Got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then a last thing, just a clarification point. Can you talk quickly before we wrap up mm-hmm. about Venus? Because isn't Venus like the mm-hmm. love house or it, planet planet? <laughs> planet?
3: Yeah, houses. Houses. Guys, one, I learned two, three, a lot. Four, Planet is not a house. Um, Yeah, Venus is seen as the relationship planet, but I feel like it's a lot more. It also has to do with money, friendship values. So I honestly feel like the moon is more important when it comes to intimacy and relationships. Venus is like likability. It's like, what are you attracted to kind of on the surface level? What are your tastes? Whereas like that moon is more about how am I knowing this person on a deeper level?
2: So if we're dating someone and we are as lucky as you to get like, at least (laughs) I don't know if everyone would be able to like, you know, study their birth chart the Mm -hmm. way you did. But like, if we have their moon and rising, um, I guess that's like one last thing we should touch upon that we didn't. Should you be looking for someone who's like, compatible with your moon then is what you're saying there's a lot that
3: goes into compatibility so i would look at like your rising sign so your virgo Mm -hmm. rising like maybe someone with a virgo moon or a virgo sun would be a good match Mm -hmm. or the sign opposite like pisces that's your relationship house so people with planets and pisces would be good for you and then also scorpio moon i feel like with relationships often one person will be the sun sign and others the moon sign so you dating a scorpio sun or maybe someone with also a Scorpio moon or with oh. another water sign moon. It's th- There's like a lot that goes into it, but I would say matchups between the sun, moon, and rising are really important. Got it. So like there's going to be some overlap there probably. Yeah. And then it's also to get even more complicated. It's kind of like what houses their planets fall in in your chart. Like certain houses are better to have in relationships so, yeah, it, there's a lot to compatibility than just like, am I a Sagittarius? Am I compatible with this sign? Like, that's very surface level. Got it. Okay,
2: so that's kind of cool, though, because that means mm-hmm. we can't immediately write guys off in the way that they hate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is cool. Um, but it also sounds like we have to go to someone like you to like fully understand it, because it seems like there's a lot of different things at play. Exactly. Like compatibility. Yeah. But that's awesome because that means you can't ever like totally write someone off until at least you've seen Alice, so.
3: Yeah, I would say like get, get to know the person as a human before asking for the birth chart. Like I know I don't follow that rule myself, <laughs> but <laughs> I know like, sense. yeah, I know like a little bit more about it, but um, sometimes I wish I didn't ask for the birth time because then I obsess over like, are they going to be in a relationship next month? Are they still going to be <laughs> dating me? and it's it's like obsessive i
2: love that well alice this has been so fun i loved this i feel like i've learned a ton even though i said house instead of planet at the end um (laughs) still feel like i got a lot out of this and that it'll be so interesting to people um if they want to find you how can they like hear more where can they find you all the (laughs) plugs
3: Yeah. My Instagram is stock Alice. That's S T A L K A L I C E. And then my website is the same stock com. And then you can get readings. I have a link on my Instagram bio and then also on my website. And then my podcast is astrology and you.
2: Yeah. And guys listen to it. It's great. Cause like in this episode, we can't really get into every single thing, but you guys do great episodes where you like break down a concept. So if we start to talk about something and you want to hear more, go listen to their podcast. It's great. Um, and then as always, please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend about this episode if you liked it. And then follow me at CKNY1213 and at WTF sub Okay, thank you, Alice. Thank you.